Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games and sports? Well, I have great news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to get it done as the number one basketball betting source anywhere. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And hey, by the way, with this special, special platform, you're going to get an unbelievable deal. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started and get your rewards. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, NFL, NBA, you name it. It's all there at BetOnline. They feature live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Bet online where the game starts. It's always ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab their pumpkin cakes, along with a four-pack of Little Screamers. Carvel is open seven days a week, Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and now offering pumpkin spice soft serve to go along with pumpkin cakes and those four packs of Screamers. Happy Halloween! Did you know that my hot tub came from global leaders in the hot tub industry and their hot tub did not? That's a fact. Look it up. Did you know that my hot tub was built in the United States with the highest standard of quality control? Yeah, their hot tub is out of control. Did you know that my hot tub has factory direct pricing, comes with customer service support seven days a week, has an extensive warranty, and offers free shipping to your home, and came with an incredible financing plan? Yep, you guessed it. Sorry, their hot tubs simply don't. When it comes time for you to choose the right hot tub for you and your family, remember, there's my hot tub, and there's their hot tub. Smart shoppers choose My Hot Tub every time. MyHotTub.com. Experience the difference in person and visit their showroom in Destiny, USA, or visit them online at MyHotTub.com. Why go with their hot tub when you can go with My Hot Tub? MyHotTub.com. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr., and you're listening to the ML Sports The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Jam and Beats, Burn Dairy, Maple Downs Senior Living Community, and our terrific friends over at Rosie's Corner. Hey, don't forget if you're in and around Central New York, it's the big day next week, Black Friday. They're open in the morning early, and I'm telling you, this is the best gift card deal of, of any any anywhere around, really. I mean, I've never seen any deal like this. You spend $25 and you get a $50 gift card back. That's a two-for-one value right there. I've never seen it anywhere. I've never seen it done by anyone. Again, $50, you spend $25, you get that $50 gift card. You can use it on the pizza, wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, comfort meals, and a heck of a lot more, fish Friday, you name it. And that's all happening uh, next Friday, Black Friday, at Rosie's Corner, Route 11 in Burton. If you're in and around Central New York, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cap. Thank you out there as well. The Barks and Ruck Doggy Daycare and Camillus Golf Club. Well, he is the St. Bonaventure men's basketball beat reporter and writer and also the sports editor of the Olean Times Herald, one of the best guys I know, one of the best writers out there. It's my good buddy, J.P. Butler. J.P., thank you for a few, bud. As always, and it's the perfect time for it as we get into the 
you know, start of another Bonner basketball season. A lot to unpack, as always, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no doubt about it. The last time I saw you, uh, it was a surprise to us both, I think. We were celebrating my guy uh, Bill Hoppy's uh, wedding um, out in Niagara Falls, and we shared a table together. It was you, me, Chuck Pollock, all the big shots in, in media. Oh, I was able to, I, I, I was, yeah, I was able to hang out with. So that was pretty cool uh, being able to hang out with you, man, at that wedding. It, it was, and it was great to see in a social setting. You know, we don't always get to do that because we're so wrapped up in, you know, in what we're doing, and you know, at Bonnie Games, I'm, you know, working, or there's a game that you're working, and we don't always get a chance to to see each other that way. So that, that was awesome. And if I'm remembering correctly, you and I really kind of took the night by, by storm. I, I would say we were the MVPs of, uh, of that wedding. Yeah, that was a good time, man. So let's get into this St. Bonnie season. Obviously, you can immediately say, well, one and two, disappointing. I, I don't want to go into records to start off. I want to start off with this question. Why play a game against South Dakota State on the road that far away? Well, I, and I think the idea at the time is that it wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, a road game, um, you know, it was at that Sanford Pentagon, which I thought was a really unique place, you know, to play a game. Obviously, it's right in their backyard. Um, but I, I think it was just really that might have been the only opportunity uh, to get a, a, another good, solid uh, opponent on the schedule. And I think when they were doing a lot of these games still for, for this year's non-conference, uh, a, a lot of them as they were unfolding might have still been of the mindset that these guys were coming back from last year. And that obviously ends up not being the case, but I think they still wanted to move forward uh, with, with some of these games, obviously having Notre Dame and the Gotham Classic and playing Rick Pitino and Iona. Um, it, 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 and the other part of it too is that, and this is one of the questions I ask going in, especially this early in the season, is it gives them a taste, you know, it gives this young group a taste of what they're going to be up against in the Atlantic 10. Coach Schmidt basically called them an A10 team. I mean, this has been a mid-major power, you know, over the years. They won 30 games last year, and so basically you're kind of throwing them into the fire right off the bat. It's a litmus test kind of thing to see where they're at. Um, Obviously, pretty, pretty crazy game with how it unfolded, with the with the officiating and the foul situation. But still, you know, to be down only one with 50 seconds to play, you get a stop. You know, maybe you still have a chance to win that game. Um, you know, I think there's something to take from that that they were able to hold their own and get that taste of it and 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 start building. Uh, you know that that you know battle tested type of type of thing that they're going to need you know, when this young group does hit conference play. I, I know that we have a, a million games until, you know, the conference tournament. I mean, you've got Notre Dame, you've got, you know, uh, Bowling Green this Saturday, you've got, uh, uh, you know, the, the at UB game, which is always difficult. All the conference games, of course, uh, Dayton looks pretty, uh, you know, like, like they're going to be a, a pretty solid team, um, you know, from start to finish. So I realize that there's a million games. I get that. However, can we kind of already gauge – and guess what is basically like the goal here. I mean, it seems like with all these new players and, you know, transfer portal, the freshmen and everything in between, you almost feel like, okay, you're going to go through all those lumps. You're going to go through all the growing pains. Hey, this isn't a tournament team unless they figure it out and just kind of strike gold in the tournament. Isn't that kind of where we're at right now? 
Yeah, you know, and, and so to sum up that, that entire question right there, and I just I wrote a column about this for today. This is really reminding me almost eerily so to the 2018-19 yes. season. So yes. many similarities. So yep. you're, you're, you just lost the core mm-hmm. to an NCAA tournament team. You've got all these young guys coming in. And at that time, you know, it was Lofton and Shun and Welch. Um, you take your, you know, they're, the, they're those growing pains early. That team, you know, we remember started one and five. They go down to the Cayman Islands. They're, they're young. They're injured. They really get it taken to them three straight days down there. Uh, they lose on the road to a little three opponent. This year's team, you know, loses the core of an NCAA team. They're young. Uh, there are some injuries, not quite to the extent that that team was dealing with, but you got this Brett Rumpel on the bench. Moses Flowers' debut was delayed. They lose on the road to a little three opponent. They're taking their lumps early. And it's all with the idea that you can you can see the talent there. They're going to struggle early, but you can see it with a Jan Farrell, with a Barry Evans, um, you know, with an Anwar Malouk inside, show, showing a little bit inside. And the idea is, okay, you just sort of weather the storm now, you get better, and then as we know with these Schmidt coach teams, you know, they, they start to kind of figure it out. They start to gel as a group. Um, you know, they start to, to – you know, learn his system and be able to, to thrive a little bit more in his system. And then by the time February rolls around, you have a team that can hold its own as capable and maybe, you know, makes a, a little noise. They always seem to make that February run. Now the difference I think is that in 1819, that group had Courtney Stocker waiting in the wings coming back from injury to lead them had still had a Ladarian Griffin you know, veteran senior guy, mm-hmm. Stockard ends up becoming a first team All A10 player. This team isn't going to have. This team doesn't have an a, a, an All A10 player waiting in the wings to come back from injury to lead them. And so, is it a group this year that's going to be capable of? I mean, that that team, you know, won nine out of ten games and made it all the way to the A10 championship game and came within a missed Nelson Caputo three pointer making the NCAA tournament again after a four and 10 start. Yeah. After a four and 10 start, is that same thing going to happen this year? Probably not to that extent again, because you don't have a Stockard and Griffin, but the other elements of that remain the same where you can see it coming with Lofton and Oshun and Welsh. And we know what those three guys went on to do with the rest of their careers. And I think it's the same sort of thing already. You see Barry Evans, you know, had a real solid college debut against St. Francis. Jan Farrell the other night, kind of his first breakout game with a double-double, 16 points and 11 rebounds. Again, you see it with Malouk. Um, and it is going to take time, and you know they're going to lose. You know they're probably not going to beat Notre Dame. You know they're probably not going to beat Iona. And maybe this is a team that's also, you know, five and seven, four and eight in, in non-conference, but whatever it ends up being. And you can accept that, you know, you can weather that storm a little bit, knowing that, hey, just give it some time and, 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 and they'll, they'll get back there again. What is it with at Canisius? I, I mean, that game, that game pissed me off. It drove me crazy. <laughs> they can't yeah. guard the, they're not guarding the three. They had all these 
just unnecessary, you know, offensive possessions, right? Like the missed free throws at the wrong time. What is, I don't care who's in the bottom at your uniform, JP, what is the deal with at Canisius? There's always something there that makes that game, you know, the result of me right now, basically, uh, you know, holding off from dropping F-bombs. So what, what the hell, what, what is it with that game, man? Well, and it's, it's all those little three games because they've struggled at Niagara, you know, in the past too. Um, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a difficult atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. You know, it's probably 50, 50 Canisius and Bonner fans, but those Canisius fans get up for that game. I mean, they, they haven't, it really is like kind of their, their Super Bowl in a lot of ways outside of whatever they might do in the Mac tournament. I mean, that is the game they circle on their kill when they have Bonner at home and, and, you know, they have some talent. Uh, they, they've always had some talent. You know, it's interesting. Canisius was picked to finish last in the MAC this year. I mean, if that's the last place team in the MAC, that's I, I just can't believe that would be the case. They've got some guys. They've got some veteran guys. Reggie Witherspoon is a great coach. And so you put those two factors together, one, that it's a difficult game anyway. I mean, Andrew Nicholson has gone into that place and lost. Jalen Adams has gone into that place and barely won. Uh, it really is sort of a coin flip game. And then when you put the other layer on top of it, that this was a young team playing its first road game together ever uh, against a rival where there's, you know, some emotions and, and this game still really does mean a lot, you know, to a certain faction of maybe older alumni. Uh, that was a recipe for, for, maybe not coming out of there with a win, you know, and that's exactly what happened. And I think in these last two games, now what we've seen is a team that's certainly, you know, capable. It's not like they, you know, just got completely ran out of the gym the, the way they did in some of those early 18, 19 games. They were there. They had leads. They were up nine. You know, Bono was up nine early in the second half on South on a pretty good South Dakota State team the other night. But it's just that inexperience in that last four-minute segment. They they haven't done it yet. They haven't learned how to close games out, and that's going to take some time. You know, they they against Canisius, you know, you got a free throw that can maybe put the game away, right? Or an empty offensive possession. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you know, if, you know, if, if they make that, you know, both of those free throws at the end and get the stop, and right, you know, they might win it right there. Or, or getting that last stop or that empty possession or, um, you know, Jan Farrell against South Dakota State the other night had a great look. I mean, they set up the play perfectly. They executed it. He just missed that three at the end. Maybe that goes down in January and February. And so, you know, that's that's what it is. It's that, it's that last four-minute segment of knowing what to do, knowing how to close games out, having that, you know, steely enough mentality of, you know, knowing what you have to do on that possession to get a win. We've seen that, you know, with other Bonna teams when Lofton and those guys got to that point, they could, you know, they they had the mindset, the ability, what it what it took to close games out and win. This team doesn't have that yet. But again, I think the pieces are there to eventually get there. JP Butler is our guest here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by Burn Dairy and Stanley Law Offices, chatting some Bonnie's basketball, of course, the Olean Times Herald, the terrific beat man and insider and sports editor for that platform. Um, you look at the makeup of the roster 
I mean, right now, it's Banks and Luke and Maluk and Evans and Farrell, you know, the starting five. Um, Venning, I think, gives them a lot off the bench. Hill can give them something off the bench. But mostly when you look at this roster, right, it seems like there's just one, and I know that, the, trust me, I understand that in today's basketball world, that the true center position is just, it's, it's basically extinct. It's positionless basketball at all levels. I get that. But it seems like Maxim Madison is really the only center on this roster. And they have a lot of these versatile, you know, prototypical length, um, you know, long and lean kind of guys, you know, the, 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 the Farrells and the Evanses and the Malukes, the six, 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 seven, six, eight kind of guys yeah. to kind of put yeah. in there. Do you see this roster kind of being that way, like the interchangeable thing? And and if you have a Madison in there, you know, do you think Schmidt's going to start messing with the roster based on, you know, the big is in there at this point, let's surround them with this when they're not in there, then boom, we have the starting five or other, uh, other factors. How do you see that mix with guard forward and then kind of a lone, the lone wolf, right? The lone center. Yeah. So, and then that's the other, uh, you know, wrinkle to this whole thing is I think they're still trying to figure a lot of that part of it out too. And that's going to, you know, maybe cost you a little bit early on trying to figure out rotations. What's our best five, you know, how, how do we really want to attack this? And, uh, I think what we might see here, it's interesting, you know, for a long time, Bonnet has obviously been a guard-dominated, you know, group. That's where their success came from, you know, from mm-hmm. with the uh, Jalen Adams and the Marcus Posleys and the Matt Mobleys all the way up through last year, you know, with Lofton, Welch, and Holmes and those guys. That's really where their primary production came from. It hasn't been, you know, since going back to Nicholson that, you know, maybe their their big guy, their forward, uh, is going to be, you know, kind of the main uh, attraction here. But I, I think it, it could be a situation now where, um, you know, it's these forwards who who are their primary scorers who become sort of their go-to guys. We've seen it again a little bit with, you know, Barry Evans has scored some. Jan Farrell uh, starting to come into his own a little bit. You know, what an Anquan Hill might give them at the four. Uh, and then again, what, you know, the, the, the center situation. So they actually do view three guys. They view Maluk, uh, Venning and Madison as centers. Uh, they, they have all those guys sort of playing the five together. And then you've got basically Evans and Hill, you know, kind of switching at the four. Um, and so Maluk's been the starter. Uh, Venning has given them, He's he's got some. I mean that that's that dude is a is a beast. He's a horse inside. He's given them a little bit of back to the basket stuff. If they can get a little more out of that, but Schmidt's whole thing is it's these three guys. It's going to be by committee. It isn't going to be an Oshuni Oshuni playing thirty six point nine minutes a night. And let's see, you know, so Oshun gave them, you know, eleven points and you know eight and a half nine rebounds a game last year. Let's try to you know, match or surpass that between the three of these guys. If Maluk is somebody, you know, who can give us eight points a game and, and, uh, you know, six to eight points a game and Benning, you know, can give us finish off a couple of nice back to the basket moves, give us, give us six, you know, we can get 14, 15, you know, 16, maybe even points a game out of the three of them, you know, maybe, maybe 10, 11 rebounds between the three of them. They'll, they'll, They'll take that. They'll view that as a successful, you know, production from that five spot. And then 
whoever's just, he said this, you know, whoever's just playing better on that day or whoever's just not in foul trouble on that day. And we saw the other night, you know, pretty much all of them <laughs> were in foul trouble. So Madison gets his first, you know, kind of major minutes of the year. They all kind of play equally, but whoever is playing well and not in foul trouble is going to be the guy that night. You know, that might change as they go. Um, but that's a, a, a committee thing. And it, and it does seem now they're, they're thin, you know, guards. So it does seem now that maybe these forwards, uh, these six, 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 seven guys, maybe they, you know, they're, they're looking a little bit different, more athletic, using their size more, you know, than, it, than in the past when it was the Jalen Adams and the Matt Mobley's and the Marcus Posley's just shooting and doing their, their thing from the guard standpoint. Okay. Is it a Madison or a Madison? Cause I, I read the pronunciation in the beginning of the year. It, it's it was phonetically out like a Madison. Is that Madison? That that's probably I probably have it okay. wrong. I think it is a Madison. Okay. Uh, All right. You know we haven't uh, uh, talked to him as much, you know, yet because it you know Maluk has been the starter, and that's an interesting yeah you know story because he's a guy that uh, they weren't sure what they were going to get from him. They weren't sure if they were going to really get much at all he came in as sort of a project raw he redshirted and then even into this offseason you know i don't think he was quite viewed as you know somebody who's maybe ready to to contribute and then you know from the start of the practice to now um he's not only you know part of things he's he's the starter um you know he's got a a, a little bit of a nose for finishing at the rim um still a lot of work to do there, but that's, you know, kind of a microcosm for the whole, you know, for the whole team. One thing that I love, I mean, love, even compared to the Iron Men 2.0 from last year and their great careers is look, all those guys were absolutely capable of taking the last shot or, or getting the ball inside to Oshun. I get that, you know, Welch could hit a three Holmes could drive to the basket uh, Lawton could do his thing. Um, Attaway was a high riser or he could shoot it and was, you know, he was kind of all over the place. So uh, yeah. uh, each one of those guys had the ability in their own game, in their own way to score the basket when needed. And, and Oshun again, dumping it down and, and seeing what he can do. However, it was kind of like a blended thing, you know, like, Oh, I guess Welch is the go-to guy. Oh, I guess Lofton is, a go I guess and it was kind of like, no, it, it, it's who has the ball with four or five seconds to go, and then then we'll know. With this team, JP, there is no question in my mind. This dude, Daryl Banks III, is legit. He, we know what he did through the tournament with St. Peter's, beating Kentucky Elite Eight, you know, scored well over 20. I think Banks III, and for that matter, I think Cairo Luke, I think they have two go-to guys at the end of games having guards who can literally say, dude, Give me the ball. We need a bucket. I love it. I love that. They are clear-cut go-to guys. You? What do you think? They, they, yeah, they no, they absolutely are. And, you know, it's funny. I, I talked about all the forwards. But still, right now, clearly, those two guards are the go-to guys. They're, they're veteran guys. Luke, you know, coming in as the Patriot League Rookie of the Year from Holy Cross. And, man, I'll tell you what, that guy, I mean, you, you've seen him play. I don't know if there's ever been a quicker. He's so fast. Oh, my God. So fast guard. Marcus Green? Era. I mean, than, oh, in the than, and, yeah. and just between his quickness and his size he's and his so toughness yeah. and already his just pesky on the ball. He's had a bunch of steals. He had six steals the other night. And I'm not, I'm not really comparing 
him to him already. I'm just saying uh, he, he reminds me already a little bit of one of our former favorites and Tim Wynn. There's, there's just a lot of similarities there in their size and their game and the way they play defense and their toughness. Um, and so, yeah, they absolutely get that from him. He might not be the best sh- shooter, but what he creates in terms of his ability to beat guys off the bounce, get in the paint, get steals and coast to coast layups, um, absolutely go to guy there. And then you're right with Banks the third. I mean, there's just no question. He is the absolute number one go-to guy. He has the green light always. He pretty much is going to be that guy that's still playing 40 minutes a game <laughs> the way that there always is with Schmidt teams. Um, and, you, and you mentioned last year's team that it was so shared and so spread out. All five of those guys could be the guy on any given night that none of them, you know, necessarily had to shoot 20 times a game. Um, but with, with banks and with so many unproven, you know, still finding their way commodities right now, banks absolutely has the green light and he's, and he's, you know, he's done that. He shot 18, 19 times a game. Now I think in the early going because of the youth on this team, he's maybe feeling like he's got a shoulder. It's so much that he's kind of pressing a a little bit out of the gate. I mean, he hasn't shot the ball particularly well in any game so far. You know, he's, he's, he's still scored some, he's still getting to the line a little bit, but you know, it's been five of 18 and then, you know, he was two for 10 against Canisius before he hit those three threes in the last minute, you know, to, to give him the chance. And he, you know, didn't shoot it all that great against South Dakota state. I think that's more a product of just, forcing it just a little bit because he feels like, oh my God, I, I have to be the one to score right now or else we're not going to you know, win games. I think once he settles down, once he starts to trust his teammates a little bit more, once they start coming together and a guy like, you know, Farrell and, and Evans become more comfortable, you know, then he can settle down and become more the guy that, you know, he was with St. Peter's, the guy we saw in the NCAA tournament last year but in terms of just you know his veteran you know his ability his experience um he, he's that guy luke's that guy and, and again you you know eventually all those pieces will will come together to some degree and it will be interesting to see how capable they are come february the other difference too between four years ago is that i think the top of the a10 is better you know, they kind of had a path four years ago where, um, you know, the, the top of the intent could be shaky. But this year, um, it'll be interesting to see how they can fare against the St. Louis team that's looking really good right now against the Dayton team that was just ranked uh, until until this latest poll came out against a really good veteran Loyola, VCU, you know, George Mason, some of those teams. Um, but, but, but again, you have to think, you know, my bet would be that come come February, they're they're going to be looking like a different team than we're seeing right now. All right, I have one more Bonna question for you, and then I want to sneak in a non Bonna question, and it, it's a little surprise for you. So uh, so hang on to that in the back of your mind. Okay. What 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 is the strategy from Mark Schmidt on down, Sean Neal, Steve Kerr, and Chris Lowe? 
What is the strategy in recruiting right now? Because this is a very interesting time in college basketball. You've got the NIL and the transfer portal, which can, I think, work for and against Bana. Um, You've got all these different situations going on. The Corona stuff is still kind of holding over. You've got, um, look look at this roster. I mean, you go from Dublin, Ireland to Allegheny, New York, to Dorchester, Mass, to Philadelphia, PA, to the Dominican Republic, to the Netherlands, to Binghamton, New York, to Brooklyn, New York, right? And, And everything in between. Barry Evans is from Baltimore. I mean, my goodness. It's all over. And I know that a lot of rosters are like this, but what is the strategy for Bonnet in this new age of college basketball, J.P. Butler? Well, I, I think it's still the same in many ways that it's always been. I mean, you just said it right there. They, they've always been a team that's gone anywhere to just sort of uncover a guy. We, you know, we talk about all the time those under-the-radar guys that they can get to come here. I, I think you still have, you know, that element of it, and they're still going to want to try to find, you know, that good – uh, you know, high school uh, prep kid coming out the way they did with Evans and Farrell. Um, you know, they do have that that Putnam pipeline continues. Yeah. You know, continues to go. You know, with Evans here, and they, you know, they they uh, you know have another um, you know kid uh, of that ilk with this Miles Rose from Rochester. I went to Bishop Carney, mm-hmm. um, younger brother of Quentin Rose from Temple. You know, a couple of years ago, pretty big name. Um, but the, but the, now the thing on top of it is, and you, and you hit the nail on the head, is the whole transfer portal thing. I think this is something that they are going to, you know, just sort of use as a tool, you know, use as a safety net going forward. Um, and, and you said it, a lot of the talk is that, oh, you know, the transfer portal is going to, you know, hurt these mid-major programs because now their players are just going to get poached by the power conference teams. And that's true. But the other side of that coin is that now Bana can go to the portal to get guys from lower conferences who really starred and are ready and capable of taking that next level up to like an A-10. And that's what we see with the Banks from St. Peter's and a Moses Flowers from Hartford and an Anquan Hill from Fairleigh Dickinson and a Kyrell Luke from Holy Cross. Guys who've had a lot of success at that level that they think can translate into being a, uh, st- you know, star, maybe not star player, but a good solid A-10 player. And the more this goes and the more, you know, you might potentially lose guys, um, transfer, you know, guys coming in and out at the rate that they do. Okay. You know, let's keep our, let's keep our mentality still of, of trying to go out and get the ferals and things like that. But let's also have, the portal right here too to lean on and say, Oh, this guy from, you know, this Matt Western Michigan, this Mac school, or, or this guy from the Southern conference, Chattanooga really, you know, blew up. Let's, you know, he averaged 16 a game there last year. Let's get that type of guy. And I think that's, you know, that's true of Bonas. That's true of a lot of places going forward. That's, that's what it's going to be. And I, and I'm not suggesting this would be my last thing. I'm not suggesting anything with it. But the nature is such that you have to be worried that what if a Jan Farrell breaks out so much this year and everybody, every kid still has that I can transfer one time for free rule. What's stopping Jan Farrell from having a great year, knowing he can leave and not sit out at least one time and go to, you know, uh, a big, you know, power conference school 
to go to Maryland or to go to Wisconsin or something like that. You know what I mean? So you hope that doesn't happen, but we know that all of these things are in play these days. And if something like that were to happen again, okay, we got to go back to the portal and see if we can offset that. All right, final one for you. It's a non-Bonnie question, and it has to do with the Buffalo Bills. Very interesting. Okay. I wanna, yeah. I wanna, I wanna find out from you, like who who you've talked to, from fans maybe in and around Olean, your guy Chuck Pollock, other folks yes. out there on this recent skid, the Funk, Allen's turnovers. I think horrendous decision making from a coaching standpoint in certain spots. What are people saying about the Bills right now? Well, there, there's a concern there, right? But uh, to keep it somewhat short as we as we close here, Mike, I, I guess the one thing I would say is that uh, there was a very similar stretch at this time last year. Bills lost four out of six games. Yeah, there were seven and six at one point. It was not looking good. I mean, the way yeah. that they lose to the Jaguars, the way that they get handed it to by the, by the Colts, uh, and the they Patriots look terrible yep. in that first half against the Buccaneers. Yep. Allen looks like he, you know, regresses a little bit and you're thinking that what is going on with, with him? Like what's going on in his head right now? I, it's the same. I'm getting the same kind of, kind of vibes where, and, and we know, you know, that that team went on and it obviously was a, the most ridiculous, you know, situation 13 seconds away from hosting the Bengals in the AFC championship game, maybe going on to the Super Bowl. So I think that's the one thing you got to, you know, maybe just hang your hat on as a Bills, you know, person right now is that we've seen it before. Um, you know, it's not good. You know, Allen has to prove again here that this isn't some, some, you know, permanent uh, backslide or, or, or anything of that nature. But, but I think we've seen enough. There's enough evidence body of work to know that um, he will be able to play his out, his way out of this, the team, you know, we'll be able to play their way out of this. Um, you know, we'll see weather-wise, you, you know, what happens on Sunday. But they, they got an opportunity to send the message and, you know, kind of turn it around with a win against the Browns on on Sunday and get back in, into position where you're fighting for that one seed again. Um, that's, I mean, you know, we for as good as Allen is, and to me, I, I mean, he's in a lot of ways, he's unlike anything we've ever seen at that position. There's still those inconsistencies there's still those just you know kind of losing your mind moments with him and you know you hope that they just sort of weather that now and he gets back to being the guy that was excellent in the red zone and, and not the guy who's just throwing picks every every time they get down there now yeah no doubt about it St. Bonaventure men's basketball beat writer for the Olean Times Herald and the sports editor for that great platform, J.P. Butler. My man, appreciate it as always. Love, love, love chatting with you, and uh, hopefully I'll see you down the line this hoop season, my friend. Continued success. Yeah, these, yeah, these conversations are my favorite. Always uh, appreciate being able to talk with you, catch up with you. Um, yeah, hopefully you can get back you know, to a game soon, um, or we can do this again soon because it really is one of my, one of my favorite things to do so i appreciate you having me on the ml sports bladder is brought to you by our great friends over at stanley law offices stanley law offices together they'll work to get you the maximum reward and a tip of the cap thank you out there as well to ken's auto detailing and our good good friends over at camillus golf club go get your membership right now for next year at camillus 
if you're in and around central New York. 18 holes of championship golf, amazing greens, great food and drink before, during, and after your round as well at Camillus Golf Club, the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. For more, visit CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. That's CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. And a quick tip of the cap, thank you to uh, the Syracuse Fitness Store, MyHotTub.com, Maple Down Senior Living Community, and Burton Ace Hardware. Let me tell you, this place is amazing. Route 11 in Burton, if you're in and around Central New York, gift cards for the holidays. But they've got everything from holiday decorations to grills and smokers, outdoor living, tools, heating and cooling, home and decor, uh, building supplies. They've got unbelievable vendors with local product like pickles and sauces and beef jerky. The place is absolutely incredible. And hey, if you're running an automobile RV business, Marine, well, they've got all that too. So uh, make sure you stop by and see Jeff and my friends over at Burton Ace Hardware, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Huge thank you to J.P. Butler, the sports editor and St. Bonaventure men's basketball insider and beat writer. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter. Subscribe to my YouTube page, Mike L Sports, and hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.